We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. Hey, Ruth. This is uh, Aaron Judge. Oh, where'd you get that one? This is a, this was a this is a gift uh, from a from a former coworker. The guy that doesn't like me. Um, no, it was from an intern that worked oh. for me. She uh, she was uh, I guess I don't know. She was nice, nice gift. All I right. kind of want the sixty two <clears> one. Oh yeah, the Maris uh, the Maris Judge thing. I've got Jedi. Judge I have Jedi here. Judge in my office. I, I I gave away the Glaber Torres bobblehead because I think I because uh, you hate Glaber Torres. I have two of them. Couldn't stand looking at Glaber Torres on Speaking my desk of optics, anymore. Does Glaber have ninety RBIs right now? Ninety is he up there? No. He's I saw like a graphic the, on Twitter that's between sixty and seventy, uh, sixty-five okay. and seventy. There's so many graphics on Twitter where people are selecting different dates that are really bothering me. They're they're selecting like. He probably has like 93 RBIs yeah. since some and point they just, last they, year. There was someone did something. Someone put up a Isaiah Kiner Falefa graphic. It looked like it was from a baseball reference player comparison. It was uh, Kiner Falefa and Clay uh, Cody Bellinger, and he had a higher WAR. <laughs> and I was like, 
no fucking way. And I was like, I can't wait to throw this in the, their faces. And then I went and I looked at it. I was like, this is this is completely fake. Cool. Well, I, I have it? no, I couldn't find it again. And I couldn't get the number. I couldn't even manipulate the number to to, <laughs> to, to try to do something. Who? His, his, it's below 70 degrees outside, but above 66 and humidity is yeah. at 51%. Then this war is better than Bellinger's. Who, um, who do you think leads the team in RBIs? Is it still Judge? Judge, maybe? No, it's not. It's Glaber. It's 66. Glaber, 66. 66. Glaber Judge, Volpe. One, two, three. And how close are they? They got to be pretty 66, close. 66, 64, and 60. Mm. Stan has 58. Stan. He's a change right. name back. Well, I'm just going to have Donald leave all that in. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. You got a little pre show action there. Scott, how are you doing? The season is wrapping up soon. When we went into this Toronto series, we said, oh, six to play, six back. Oh, hey, maybe, hey. maybe make it interesting. Hey, the numbers work out. And they proceeded to lose the first two, won the third game. So, yeah, their elimination number is now down to three. Not that we had any delusions of them actually making the postseason, but I wanted to see them just make life more difficult for the Blue Jays, and that did not happen this week. Well, I mean, Michael King made life difficult for them, and then uh, and then the bullpen imploded. But yeah, they they tried to at least for for on the pitching side. Cole and and King were a nice little one two punch. To be honest, maybe it's a, a glimpse of what to what to expect into the future. And I, I saw you uh, getting a little frisky in the uh, in the in our chat, saying, "Whoa, maybe Michael King could be a middle of the rotation arm. Maybe maybe he's not a four and five pride of Rhode Island. Maybe." maybe. Maybe. Maybe number three. he could be a number two three. or a three. Number two? Uh, who do you have more confidence in next year? Carlos Rodon or Michael King? Michael King. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, that looking for positives here. That's a huge positive. It really is. I mean, he's he's the last month as ever since he's slotted into that to that uh stretching out role, and now he's a bona fide starting pitcher with what, seven innings pitched. That's uh was it 12 or 13 strikeouts? I mean, it was it was a, it was a season a, high for a Yankee starting pitcher. It was a really good performance. He looked really good. He looked like the dominant Michael King, but in starter form, which is something that's really cool to see. So, well, yeah, let's get into the King stuff. We, we planned on spending a lot of time on Michael King. Just quickly, among AL starting pitchers since August 24th, which is when King started becoming a regular starting pitcher, he ranks first in ERA with a 1.27, first in strikeouts, 42, first in strikeouts per nine innings with over 13, first in strikeout percentage, over 37%, first in home runs per nine inning, zero, first in FIP, 0.72, and first in war at 1.6. So we're not just, but but I looking at those numbers over a month span. How many can, starts is that? Three? No, it's more four. Than three. I think it's five starts, right? Oh, five starts. That was his fifth start for um, fifth or sixth start against the Blue Jays this week. Uh, Logan's going to pull it up, but it. I think at least I'm not just saying I'm high on Michael King for next year being a starting pitcher just because of all of those numbers, which are obviously great. It's because like I watched him pitch. That was his sixth start against the Blue Jays. Oh, wow. Um, I watched him pitch the other night. And like you said, the stuff is there. There is dominant stuff there. Now, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's going to be a number one pitcher because we still need to see that proven out. And he has had injury. He had injury problems last year. He was an attempted starting pitcher. He came up through the system as a starting pitcher and they they 
they never really used him as a starting pitcher, but they gave him starts. They gave him opens. And it looked bad, especially when he would get through that second time through the order. But we've seen him overcome that in this month-long stretch. And again, the stuff is there to be a good starting pitcher. He has strikeout stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's what you need to have in today's game to be an effective starting pitcher. You need to have strikeout stuff. You don't have to have strike. Hold on. I, I don't I don't totally agree with that. You don't have to have strikeout stuff to be a good starting pitcher in the league. You have to you have to be able to one. You have to be able to control your pitchers. That's the number one thing. Like if you don't have strikeout stuff and you're pitching to contact, you can still be very successful here. But yeah, you see it. It's rare. it's rare, but but it's and it's harder to do. And it's usually harder guys. It's usually guys that don't throw very hard, and it's guys that are you know relying on their location and you know the the, the uh, deception in their delivery, things like that. But yeah, small caveat. Yes, he's got everything you need and you would want from a. I mean, I'm, I'll say it. You all the things that he has, you want from a frontline starting pitcher. Like that's what right. he. That's what he's doing. So yes, he's got to prove it out over time. Um, and and you know doing that against a very good Toronto lineup that has a lot to lose and they're playing for a lot right now is is something that's good. So that's a that's a high quality appearance. It's not just him going up against you know the Oakland Athletics or the Detroit Tigers or it's him going up against a, a team that's contending for a playoff spot with a very young potent lineup. So um, everything that we've seen so far has been really good, and at least the Yankees are committing to this point. And allowing him to, you know, develop as a starting pitcher uh, late in the season. And they're making, you know, the most of, of his appearances now rather than just saying, okay, let's just keep him in the bullpen and do the thing. But it's so, one okay. of the few bright spots with this yeah. team right now. And just give me a give me a full offseason to talk myself into him being a number one starting pitcher next year. I don't just think you sneak, need a full offseason. A honestly. sneak peek on my bold predictions. He's he's definitely one of those guys for you that that doesn't need a you don't need a, a ton of time to get excited no, about him. No, it's it's a. <clears throat> so we also saw this uh, this tweet from Jarrett Seedler, who I don't know what he does or who he is, but it was retweeted by James. Kind of hard to tell these days, to be honest with uh, with with the the landscape of X. But in reference to Michael King's pitching the other night, he linked an article on Baseball Prospectus in, written in 2022 about Max Scherzer titled the two Scherzers. And what this article highlighted was that Scherzer figured out a different approach when facing left and right-handed hitters. He basically abandoned his slider versus left-handed batters and developed a, they called a power slider or a cutter um, to lefties, as well as a backdoor curveball. And then against righties, he had a completely different approach. So I'll just read this, this uh, paragraph quickly. Since refining his current pitch repertoire, Scherzer has been two different yet eerily consistent pitchers, depending entirely on whether he has the platoon advantage or not. Against righties, he's bordering on modern closer style pitch usage, spamming his fastball and slider upwards of 85% of the time, with only a handful of change-ups change ups and other offerings to keep hitters honest. His fastball usage remains similar against southpaws, but the slider completely vanishes, replacing it with his other three pitches in steady doses. And on the surface of that, you might be saying, duh, a pitcher has two different approaches against lefties and righties. Like, doesn't every pitcher do that? But this article highlighted that what Scherzer did or has done, especially like the last four or five years of his career, is not very common among starting pitchers. 
And can, I, can I ask you a clarifying question before you keep going on that? Are, are they are they referencing the fact that there's a repertoire? Or I'm sorry, that there's a a uh, a pitch mix difference between lefties and righties, or that that Scherzer abandoned one of his normal pitches, steady pitches, and developed something specifically for? I think a, it's more of the latter. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, because I would venture to guess that. Yeah, like uh, a guy, uh, you know, if he if he's if his slider gets hit more by lefties than righties, he's not going to throw it. Like that makes sense. Like the pitch mix changes a bit, but he specifically developed pitches, yeah, to target more consistently lefties and righties. Yeah, yes, and and, and, and like they said, the- he's he's two different pitchers. If you look, if you just look at his splits against righties, he throws two pitches, and then if you you just look at his splits against lefties, he throws three pitches not the other not what he throws against so it's just like it's it's very stark in the in in the different splits it makes sense when you look at his face because of his eye color <laughs> he's too different on either side the um yeah it's interesting how well, the, can i quickly relate that yeah to keep king? going keep going so basically uh what this person was saying on twitter is like king is doing this a similar thing and we looked at the pitch usage for king versus lefties and righties to righties he's been primarily a sinker and a sweeper 47 percent of the time sinker 37 or 30 percent of the time sweeper and then to left-handed batters it's a mix of sinkers change-ups and four seamers and the biggest difference here is the four seamer against lefties he throws the, the four seamer 25.8 percent of the time only 16% of the time versus righties. Again, he's primarily sinker sweeper against righties. And then lefties, he's throwing sinker 33%, change up 28%, four seam 25%. Pretty much an even mix of those three pitches to lefties. And we were talking in our chat, like why do we think he does not throw the sinker nearly as much to lefties as he does to righties? And I remembered a quote he gave uh, to the media, one of the starts, actually it was after the Houston start, which is... uh, we found his only actual win as a starting pitcher uh, talking about throwing to Austin Wells and that they had a conversation about how he likes to approach left-handed batters. And he's very conscious of not having his sinker leak over the middle of the plate when he's trying to throw a front door sinker to left-handed batters, basically the old Greg Maddox pitch that, you know, comes back over and catches the corner and lefties just get locked up. And so he's gotten beat when his sinker leaks over. So maybe he's gone to his four seam fastball more because he has been able to get that inside on left-handed batters more consistently since it's more of a, a true, a true, uh, true plane rather than, you know, leaking back into the middle of the plate. So again, this is just more, you know, in-depth look at how King has been able to be an effective starting pitcher beyond just the fact that you look at him and it's like, yeah, he's got the talent to do it. So a couple things here. To me, the bigger the bigger difference is not so much in the sinker. It's it's it is the secondary pitch. Like he he's still the sinker still the primary pitch. You know either either way. So the sinker is still heavily relied upon. It's not like he's abandoning the sinker against left handed batters. The sinker still thrown the highest percentage. Thirty. No, it's the sweeper. It's the sweeper that he's really abandoning to lefties. But and he's mixing in a lot more four seamers. Basically, the difference of is made up with four seam fastballs and the sweep when you look at the sweeper against a right-handed which makes a lot of sense the sweeper against a right-handed batter starts you know on the inside of the plate or at the body or whatever and is either coming uh, uh if he's depending on how he's throwing it is either coming on the inside or it's it's uh it's going away um off the plate and and he's able to you know, minimize damage whereas if you're throwing that to a left-handed batter there's room less room for error 
it's it's uh, you can see the pitch a lot more clearly, and you have a higher percentage of leaving that thing over the plate. So the fact that he's going to that four, I, I love the fact that he's going to the four seam because he's got a really good fastball, and and I think him he's got some natural movement on, even on the four seam. He's got some natural tail to it that that uh, I, I I think it's a really effective pitch to lefties. Um, and then the changeup is the other one. Like he's significantly using that changeup, yeah. which makes sense because now he's working off of the sinker and the and the four seam, which are two fastballs, and he's using the changeup, which does have a very similar action, looks the same coming off, but the the speed change and a little bit of a drop, I think, helps him against that left handed pitcher. So to me, the sweeper is the biggest the difference, which makes a lot of sense. Just makes a lot of sense when you're looking at you know how you would attack a right handed and a left handed batter. Um. And on the surface, and the sweeper's this, a slider again, again for like a, it's a slider. It's a slider. So you might be thinking, like, doesn't every starting pitcher do this? And I would think the same, but especially because, like, if you're trying to equate it to like a switch hitter, right? A switch hitter moves to the other side of the plate to get a platoon advantage against the pitcher, and that is, in my opinion, would be much more difficult to do effectively. Be a switch hitter than to have two different approaches to lefty or righty batters as a pitcher. Wouldn't you agree? Well, I mean, look at look at how many pitchers don't have a feel for more than two to three pitches. So, it's it's extremely difficult. I think for you got to have a feel for five. You got to have a feel for four to five. Like Carlos Rodon can't do this. Carlos Rodon is 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 a two pitch guy, and he's just relying on his location and deception of when he's using one of two pitches. So, it's a it's just really a different uh, attack. And when you have the stuff that that Michael King does, and you have the command of uh, four pitches. And you're able to throw them confidently to to you know to different batters depending on which side of the plate they're on. That's a huge advantage. It's a huge advantage. So yeah, I think it's very difficult also to do it as a pitcher with this many pitches. Yeah, I'm ex- I, I am obviously excited about King for next year. And um, again, I think he he does have potential to be more than maybe we thought a couple of weeks ago based on what we've seen. I want to tell you guys about Game Time, which is our preferred ticket app because it is the easiest way to buy tickets to whatever you want to go to, sporting events, concerts, comedy shows, theater, and much, much more. You can get pretty great tickets this weekend if you want to go see the Yankees one last time at home against the Diamondbacks. You can you can get tickets for like 50 bucks that would ordinarily on a if the Yankees were still in contention, cost you triple that. So go check them out on game time. The app has so many cool features and is easy to use. It shows you trending tickets, what sections of the best deals are in, and calls out cheap options and flash sales, and much more so you can make informed purchases. There's even event cancellation protection so you can buy with confidence. I love using the app because you get images of your seats before you buy so you know what to expect, which is key if you're going to a stadium that you have not been to before. The buying process is super fast, just a couple of taps and you're done. The tickets then go directly to your phone so you don't have to dig through emails to find them. You can also share them easily with uh, friends if you're going that way. Snag tickets today without stress using Game Time. Download the app, create an account, use code BRONX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Once again, download the app, create an account, and use code BRONX for $20 off your first purchase. All righty. Let's, uh, let's, uh, Anything else on King before we we go on to some other stuff? I, you know, he just he talking about the player itself. Like he 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 really does seem motivated to um to uncover the right formula for this. I, I don't know. He's not he he doesn't seem like a hard headed guy. He doesn't seem like he's you know stuck in any ways. It seems like he's extremely coachable and extremely open to uh, 
analytics one which i think is a good thing when you're looking at how you know certain pitches are being thrown i think analytics on the development side are way more interesting than in in-game play uh, and using them to make decisions in a baseball game. I think analytics on the development side and, and how you can use them to either come up with a new pitch or, you know, abandon a pitch based on, uh, you know, what you're seeing is like, that's, the, that's where you can get like transformations and that's where you can really refine a lot of different uh, things. And he just seems wide open to that. So that's exciting to me because there's a player who, who really, you know, is, uh, is open to tinkering with what he's doing. And uh, this is a direct shot at Carlos Rodon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Direct shot. <coughs> not All just right. gonna rely on what's what's been and what's gotten you to it. No, don't think just grip it and rip working. it. That's the Carlos Rodon mentality. Just grip yeah. it and rip it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Uh, Dominguez underwent a successful Tommy John surgery. He had a brace put in, which is also what Otani did, who is said he's going to be hitting in 2024. Uh, so I was having this conversation with someone since Otani's going to be a free agent. What the hell do you do with him if you're a team? Like, how do you approach that contract this offseason? It's so, there's so many layers there with Otani. I mean, you have to one, develop, you have to make sure that he's going to pitch at some point. Well, he said he's going to pitch in 2025. I know, but the contract's going to have to, the contract is going to have to, uh, you know, have that in it. It's going to have that built. It, oh, do you it's think really there's, bad there's incentives or like contingent upon him also pitching maybe? 
I think I think that's a, a possibility, or <laughs> it's just that baked would be in. unseen, or it's just baked in because you because someone will bake it in. How many how many how many guys have you seen? Uh, how many teams have you seen take a, sh a chance on a guy who has Tommy John surgery, understanding that he's probably going to come back better? You just have to wait for it. But that's but this different. guy also you sign a guy. I know well, that's when that you sign a guy for two years and it's two years, ten million bucks. This is Otani's going to get half a billion dollars, right? Because he's hitting as well. But you do have to bake in the pitching side of it because you know that when he does pitch, he's a dominant pitcher also. So. It's going to be interesting to see how much it is baked in uh, based on the fact that 2025 is is the year that he's going to actually pitch. If he doesn't or pitch, doesn't, though, yeah. if he doesn't pitch, though, you cannot justify that level of contract for sure. So I, I'm just curious if teams are going to build that in as a contingency or the market is going to dictate that you have to pay for it because it might. I think it's going to take a lot of teams. I think it's going to bring down his his the amount of teams bidding significantly. And I don't think he's going to get nearly what we thought he was going to get three months ago. I think it changes completely what his value is right now. And there's a lot more unknown considering you have to go an entire year before you even tr find out if that's going to be a possibility. Um, and the injury risk has always been there for him. For sure. And is only going to get worse the older he gets. And now you're not going to get him pitching again until – because he's still only like 25 or 26 years old, right? So uh, I know he's still young, but I don't know. I I love Otani. He, he's – the talent is out of this world. But at like if I was in a position as a general manager – I would be so terrified to sign him because that could backfire so drastically and sink your organization. If you're a team that, I mean, the Yankees well, can I mean, handle you, it, the you, Dodgers you, could handle it, but say say you are say you are the, uh, the general manager of I'm trying to think of like a team that is willing to spend, but like I don't know the San Diego Padres. No, like how the Seattle Mariners signed Robinson Cano to two hundred and something million dollars, right? That sunk them basically. Because it didn't work out for a little while. If you do, if you're the Seattle Mariners type organization, and you do that with Otani, that's sinking you two x because it's going to take four hundred million dollars to sign him. And then if he's not pitching or not an effective pitcher in 2025, or basically just relegated to being a DH, and you're spending forty million dollars a year on just a DH, then you're significantly overpaying for that, even if he is still a great hitter. Yeah, so the structure of the contract will be something to look at because I think it will be very interesting. But I do think that certain teams will go there and baking in the pitching, understanding that he's going to come back and just making making that that bet that he's going to come back as a pitcher. If I'm if I'm Otani as well, the other thing I'm probably doing this offseason, I'm showing a lot of tape of me playing first base and actually <laughs> transitioning to a first base. Forget the outfield. Don't even try to go back out there. It's 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 not probably not realistic on a daily basis it's probably not a realistic thing as you're getting as he's getting older if the pitching is going to happen first base though you know at, with him I, I could see I could see that being a position that he can get old uh doing he's got the profile for a, a first baseman across the board defensively offensively he's got the first baseman profile we know how first baseman get paid offensively as well that's what I would be doing if I were him and you know Otani has shown zero uh he's never shown anything to anybody that he can't do a particular thing. So I oh, have yeah. full confidence that he could do that. Just show a lot of tape of that. Just a lot of Instagram. John Carlos Stanton is going to be bench pressing Instagram models 
and Otani is going to be showing fielding grounders know, at fielding ground space. balls and 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 yeah and and just like doing it with perfection showing that form. he's got the footwork down to go cover you know receive a ball at first base yeah um do you think do you think it would be more difficult for him to be a relief pitcher what do you mean more difficult than being a starting pitcher because i because as a starting pitcher that's once a week more or less and then oh, you yeah. don't have to focus logistically on it's more difficult logistically yes. it's much more difficult but i wonder if just physically it would be easier or more difficult i don't know i don't think it i don't think it matters as much i think it's just a matter of how you're conditioning your body to to and your arm to throw for a particular season god and if I you want, have the ability to do it i want the mets to sign otani <laughs> so that it so that it's a dumpster fire no, I just, I don't know. I feel like that would be fun. Just having him in New York. Cause I, listen, I want the Yankees to sign Otani. It's not happening. Okay. We all know it's not happening. So I, I, I don't know. It'd be cool if, if he's on the Mets. Well, I think, that, I think it's mostly year, because he doesn't like, want to play in New York though. I think that's more the bigger, the bigger piece. I think if Otani. No, came, I, I don't think the Yankees would sign him because like they would look at the roster and be like, where the hell are we going to play him? We already have a, an expensive DH that sucks, and first we have base, a baby first base. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. maybe Rizzo is is done. It's just I mean, he's got another year on his career. contract. It's, it doesn't yeah. matter. You know, okay, you, fine. Otani first base. Out. Let's get on the train. Otani first base, and then and then uh, ace ace of the staff twenty twenty five along with Michael King and Garrett Cole. <laughs> Damn right, and Radon. Don't forget, Radon's here. <laughs> not whether you like it or not. <laughs> I'm gonna pretend he's not. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah. he had the brace put in did dominguez and was that the same thing britain had put in right didn't britain have the brace put in was it, it they called it a sheath they called it a if, if i remember correctly i don't know if it's the same thing all right well successful tjs tommy john surgery for jason dominguez eyeing a mid-season june or july return in 2024 some unflattering think? pictures that they got to take of the guy in the hospital bed. I, don't I know hate why, the, I don't know I hate why the hospital bed that. pictures. Why, it's what not even the like hospital he was, bed pictures? It looked like he was all doped up. He wasn't even looking at the camera. He was just like, oh. I hope he was, like, I hope he was doped up. I'm saying, like, why do you have to, why do we have to, why do you have to take pictures of the kid? Just <laughs> wait till the next like morning. Idiot. He can give a thumbs up with the other hand or something. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. They did. They, they took a picture of him, you know, after that too. And he, he was fully dressed and had the, had the, the arm thing on. Just, like give him some grace let him show some grace for god well sakes. it reminds me of like when we were in the hospital after lucy was born and leanne's like i don't want to take a picture right now of me because like she just had surgery and she's like no i'm not doing this right now let's yeah. wait 24 hours right what'd you think of uh boone's ejection on wednesday night seventh of the season i thought it was interesting that it came on the same day that uh, uh his pitcher struck out the highest uh the highest amount of guys all well season that home plate umpire has the biggest zone in the league and he quote fucking knows it cool so it was helping them that's what i'm saying like oh you're I, saying that a, that a umpire strike zone has the same effect on both teams well it's not like usually when you're going and giving it to a guy it's like you're seeing a little bit more on your side than you are on their side but michael king struck out 13 13 people in that same game. So it's not like the umpire wasn't calling strikes for Michael King. And in fact, if I'm Michael King, I'm telling Aaron Boone to hey, shut Boone, the hell up. Shut, shut it. Yeah. What are you doing? Like, do you see the way I'm dealing right now? How about we just get a hit? 
Because guess what? The common denominator is that the Yankees cannot hit. It's not that the umpires are all season bad. long. The Yankees yeah. have not been able the to Yankees hit. The no Yankees just can't who's hit. Who's umpiring? Just teach them how to hit or find someone they can or allow them to hit. Don't yell at the umpire. It's not the umpire's fault. In fact, it's helping you right now. So yeah, again, just like a little bit of a little bit of a, a flag for not understanding what's happening in the current situation. Not having a feel for the for a pulse on the moment, you're telling yeah. me Boone didn't have? Interesting. I am so tired of him just getting ejected for arguing balls and strikes again, when really the frustration is, as you pointed out, the Yankees cannot hit, and they haven't been able to hit all season long. It's not the umpire's fault What are we anymore, doing? Are we guys? getting our guys back at this point? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's September 21st when you're playing this game, or 20th, whenever that was, and, and the season's over. Homie, like you're you're not you're not making any 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 differences in Let the Let your guy King room. go out there and cook and just shut up and sit on the Seriously. bench spoon. You're not you're not getting like the guys rallied behind the uh, did John Carlos seem their fired back. up after the game, after that game, because that was when you dropped that that video link in. That was after Wednesday night's game. Reporters definitely questioning, giving uh more difficult questions and rapid fire to Stanton about his struggles and the team struggles this offseason. You, you, did you hear anything about Stanton saying, oh, yeah, well, Boone had our back tonight. He got us fired up to score one run? No. Yeah, nothing about that. But lots of questions. That's an interesting – I thought it was an interesting – it was the post game after what, – what day was that? I think it was Wednesday night. Okay, Wednesday night. It was a post game of that when they're they're talking to Stanton. And it, it definitely felt like um, the media was giving it to him a little bit more and asking him more pointed questions and specific questions. Asking him about the way he's running. Like, is this – is this the way you're now running? Is this it? Is this, is this is what this, you are now? Is this what you are? Is the hip, you know, the 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 flexion in your hip, is that going to improve? Is like pretty pretty good questions actually. I thought from uh, from the 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 beat reporters when they were talking to Stanton, and you know, probably not the easiest guy to ask those types of questions to because of the there's a, there's an intimidation factor I think with him and and other guys. You got to kind of have to work through that, and and his answers were, you know. Very humbling. You could tell in his voice that he he's like, yeah, I, I I suck. But basically saying that there's no other way for me to to um, come back here besides improving. I have to improve. My I can't run like this next next year. It can it has to be better. So once again, giving all the right answers. I'm just I've completely lost faith that he's he's going to improve at this point. Yeah, it's. To me, the most alarming thing is is that in season he's just he's he's legitimately not trying to improve anything on the on the the whole running thing has me has me a little perplexed. Like you just you're you're stiff, man. You're you're very stiff. He looks from, like a from, he looks like a statue that barely yeah. came to life running. Up. And 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 the fact that he's actually trotting that out and like using that using that form of John Carlos Stanton on the field is wild to see. It's almost like he's not trying. And and that bothers me. So whether he's given the right answers or not, the fact that he's out there with limited mobility and like that's just it, that can't just be it. That can't just be it. So I, I don't know what we're going to see next year in the beginning of the season if we're going to see a guy that – because he's, you know, he's talked about the um, – the Pilates and the and 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 you know making sure that he's staying nimble and and you know doing all the all the yoga and things like that to to stay flexible and clearly it's not working like there's there's some he's got some locked up hips right now well he's going to be 34 years old next season he turns he turns 34 next june going on and 43 that's, that's the thing he's he's an old 34 
his I mean, he's got he was a well below league average offensive production this year. Do you think though he looks like, stiff as hell on the outfield too? It's not like he, it's not like he played when the balls were at him. He he did what he was supposed to do, I guess. But his range is awful. He he can't. His arm doesn't even look like it's 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 uh it's it's where it his used body to be. just looks like it's completely broken down. He just looks even stiff. though he looks amazing. His body looks like it just com- has completely broken down. Well, and even when you watch him hit, I mean, he's always been an upper body guy where he throws, you know, the lumberjack comparison has been made a number of times where you see him just throw his hands at the at the ball and and not get the traditional hip turn. But to me this year, it's been drastically more, uh, you know, exaggerated, which again is just leading me down the road of he's got no flexibility in the middle of his body, which is a huge problem, literally, figuratively all of the above. It's a it's a problem. So 2018, first year with the Yankees, he was very good. A 130 OPS plus. He finished 19th in MVP voting. And I think most importantly, he played in 158 games. He And, and there was a point in that season after Judge went down with that wrist injury where he played a lot of days in a row and, and was very, very good. 2019, injured, throw it out. 2020, and he played in- with an injury too. He had a hamstring, if I remember correctly, that he played through during that time. 2020 COVID season, also injured, throw it out. 2021, 139 games played, a 136 OPS plus. Good, good. He he hit 273, 354, 516. He hit uh, 35 home runs that year. I mean, I guess on the surface of it, it didn't look as good as he did in 2018. It wasn't as consistent, but the numbers are there. 2022, he was an all-star. He had a very, he had a good, very good first half of the season. He was abysmal in the second half of the season, just like the rest of the team, except Aaron Judge was. He finished with a 113 OPS plus in 110 games. This year, he's at an 87 OPS plus in 97 games. So call it 105 games played, 108 games played this year with probably like an 87, 88 OPS plus, 10, 11% below league average offensive production. Can he even get back to what we saw last year? which is like 10 to 15% better than league average offensive production. I feel like it's a coin flip at this point if he can even do that. And that's scary considering you've got this guy through 2027. It, it, it is. There's no doubt. And unless unless he's able to fix his body in a way that allows him to be that hitter, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a guy that's just you know aging right before our eyes. And, and unfortunately... <laughs> Unless he's he's able to aging to, in dog years before our eyes. Yeah, but he's got to figure something out in 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 the physical abilities because his physical abilities right now are limiting everything he can do mechanically. He's just not sound. And and I, I again like I I say it, I say it again like I understand that he's got a very different mechanical uh, approach than most hitters do, and he's been able to get away with it for a long time because of his freakish athletic ability. But as you're now aging and becoming more stiff and, and you're losing that flexibility and you're losing the hand speed and, and the you know just the, the overall quickness, it's going to continue to get bad because he's going to get beat by a high fastball every single time if he's, if he's slow and only using hands. And he's a, he's a drain on the roster because he can't play the field consistently or really well anymore. So he's taking up a DH spot and he's not even producing like a DH should and he's making a lot of money and is a high profile player. It, it could get really, really ugly 
very very quickly uh, uglier than it's gotten like I, I don't would you have would you call i wouldn't say it's gotten ugly yet in from the sense of questions about are they going to release him that kind of thing but i feel like though no, i don't think not, that's in question right, right now no but he has another season next year like he had this year that's definitely going to be a topic bro yeah agreed yeah no doubt about it uh, you know it'll be more glaring too i think when the you have a better team around you and 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 there's guys having success i think that will be more apparent if he's still struggling and there's there's not some you know benefit that he's seeing from guys who are hitting around him but just it like physically he's he's just not there and that's that's where he needs to focus he needs to be able to he needs to be able to get to a point where where he can do all the things mechanically and i just don't think he's there right now you, you see it from running he can't run he no. can't run he's a professional athlete that cannot run uh, and I know he's been hitting fifth in a lot of lineups recently, but for the most part this year, he's hit fourth. And so next year, I'm sure on opening day, he'll be hitting fourth, assuming he's in the lineup. You, well, if Aaron Boone is the manager, yes. But well, you but, but you, you go know, into cross if, fingers crossed that there's something somebody that thinks differently. Like you said, like assuming the lineup around him is better next year, and you've got guys Judge and hopefully Rizzo's back and Volpe is in his second season are all hitting. And then you've got a cleanup hitter hitting 197, right? You're like, that's a, a sticks out like a sore thumb. For sure. No doubt about it. And, and, uh, yeah, it's not going to be, it can't be tolerated at the top of the lineup, not after this season. Like, so then that, you're going to have Carlos Carlos Stanton hitting sixth or seventh, making whatever he's making. It's yeah. like, uh, you can't you can't ugly. bring the contract into where he's hitting as a, and I think that Boone does no well, doubt. Well, I think it's not just the contract; it's the name. Okay, well, give, I need I need someone that doesn't give a shit about that and just looks at what's happening on the field. I I just need that. I need that. We all need that. We all need we all need we all need an objective approach. Okay, an objective approach to what we're what we're seeing on the field. Please well, God, I you know something. As Mike Exisa put in an article on <clears throat> CBS Sports uh, yesterday, a fresh perspective. Uh, good article. I encourage you all to go check it out. I want to read a couple things from it. Not like a ton of groundbreaking things, but I just think some some interesting points that we can discuss for a couple minutes. So quoting from, <clears throat> from Mike, at the end of the day, this is Cashman's roster and Cashman's coaching staff. And the mistakes over the last 26 months or so have piled up and meaningful uh, meaningfully subtract from New York's World Series chances. Consider the Joey Gallo and Frankie Montes trades were complete busts. At best, zero impact. More realistically, negative impact. I agree with that. Josh Donaldson in decline and Isaiah Kiner for Leffer, not per, not an everyday shortstop, were mis, uh, uh, mis-evaluated, and that's putting it kindly. The Donaldson thing was a complete disaster. IKF, I... The more I think about it, I think they probably knew he wasn't an everyday shortstop and they were just biding time until hopefully Volpe was ready. And and that's what we saw happen this year. But still, it, the shortstop situation was a complete dumpster fire last year. So that needs to be put on Cashman squarely. The Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader trade is another loss. And Bader was dumped on waivers this year and after not being traded. Also, quick aside, Harrison Bader back on the IL will not play in the postseason. Injury guy. Injury guy. Carlos Rodon's first season in pinstripes has featured a 590 ERA and 12 starts around multiple injuries. 
He's working his ass off to get that thing under six. <laughs> we should also include the fail, uh, the failure to address the left field last offseason. The left field hole is going on three years now, and it was a clear need need last winter, yet the position went undressed. To me, that's one of, one of the biggest uh, black marks on here. You, you, you go out and make a trade for Gallo and Montes, and it doesn't work out. Okay, at least you went and did something. You just did nothing in left field for three straight years, even though it was a problem, other than acquiring... Um, ben Intendi at the deadline, who I know got injured right away. That's not necessarily Cashman's fault, although he does seem to have a track record for trading for guys that get injured quite frequently. And guess or what? Maybe maybe it's maybe it's just other GMs that understand what's what their player is and, and that there's an underlying injury. They just beeline to Cashman. <laughs> it's like, well, you take this like, guy, I'll give you a 10% discount. He won't find it. Their medical staff is trash, so no one's going to find it. Let's just go after him and maybe we'll get a little bit less. But guess what? We're going to get rid of the problem. And so left field just went basically on nothing let's just do nothing in left field and cross our fingers and hope it works that's the worst possible place to be once again is indecisive and inaction it's the worst possible place to be in a position of power like cashman then he does say well there, it, it's not all bad right like there have been wins along the way in separate trades the yankees stole relievers clay holmes and wandy peralta and catcher jose trevino but the bad outweighs the good and it's not close either Things have gone stale in the Bronx. They need a new voice. To that end, Steinbrenner said the Yankees will, quote, possibly bring in an outside company to really take a look at the analytics side of what we do. He pledged a deep dive into everything, analytics, player development, etc., and it's needed, though it's unclear if A, this will actually happen, and B, whether the Yankees will follow any recommendations or are uh, doing this for show. That's scary, that that is like a common thought among people. That optics Steinbrenner just, is complacent and just whatever what Cashman's doing, he's doing a good job. Let's not make any changes because Mike also points out teams that make changes at general manager do so before a season is over. So that new GM has a full off season to work rather than getting hired in late November and not having a full off season, just like the Red Sox did. With Bloom, they fired him a couple weeks ago. So whoever they bring in is going to have a full winter to make a new situation next year. Well, I, I think that if you're getting rid of him during the season or if you're getting rid of him just after the season, I don't think there's much of a difference there. So, but there's a yeah. hiring process, which the Red Sox have already started. I understand that. But they, uh, again, it's a couple of weeks. I, I, don't, I don't think it's all that. No, different. he's saying that when teams make changes at general manager, typically the GM gets fired before the season is over. I understand what you're saying. I yeah. I, I hear you. So um, not that any of us think Cashman's getting fired. Yeah, I don't think he's getting fired, right? <clears throat> but it's just more more backing that he's not going to get fired. But like, it is scary that this is like a very common thought that what the Yankees are doing and saying is just for optics. That they still believe what they do, what they're doing, is the right thing, and and ultimately going going to work when everything has said otherwise yeah it's because that's that's worst case scenario for all of us watching this team that's worst case scenario is that the status quo just continues and we are you know put in a position now to watch a team that we know damn well is not going to compete uh as as they should and there's just a million question marks so there's not a lot of confidence to gather from any of this stuff because of the track record in the last 10 to 15 years. There's just not. And yeah, Cashman's not going to not, it's not going to change. You, you, you can hope that, that 
that there's uh, open openness to other voices and opinions. And I know that they brought in uh, the guy from the Giants last year and Omar Manaya. So they they have additional voices that have GM experience and team building experience that will you know be with Cashman throughout this offseason. So that's at least something. But I just don't. It's it's hard to gather you know any confidence from 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 anything we're hearing right now and and so help me God if they keep Boone on for another year it's that that to me is just more of an optic that nothing is changing at all and and that they are really set in their ways yeah yeah and the other the other thing that again is obvious but that he makes a good point on is that the cold judge prime should be a powerhouse. And the Yankees are just completely pissing it away. Yeah, Judge hit sixty-two home runs, a a a record, uh, and Cole is going to win the Cy Young this year, right. and they have nothing to show for it. You have arguably, you know, given you know year in year out, but like you have one of the two or three best starting pitchers and one of the two or three best position players in baseball in their primes at the same time on a roster, and you're going to finish five hundred this year. And we that's, know that's like, an interesting to look up. Has there been a, has there been a time where you have back to back MVP Cy Young and 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 the team finishes as as bad as it has? I I, I don't remember. Well, last year it looks good. The Yankees won the division. Sure, but they didn't go anywhere. They they, they didn't. You know, I, I'm curious as to what the team records have been or team success has been with just an look MVP at Anna, and a Cy Young, or even how many times that's happened. Huh? Just look at Anaheim. Yeah, but the Cy Young, they haven't had a Cy Young. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah, they haven't had any. Which has been a except, big problem for them. Yeah, Shelly but you have both now. And and Garrett Cole, it's not like he wasn't in the Cy Young running right. uh, last year. Like the guy has been top of the game, but you have an MVP and, a, and then like a top three, even like a top three Cy Young guy. Yeah. No, nah, it's it's been and, and that's my fear is that we o- we only have one or two more seasons of both of those guys at elite prime levels. Of course they could both be very good beyond that, but we all know what the current baseball prime is and those guys are entering the end of their baseball prime. And well, I'd say have, Cole, Cole has a longer a longer leash and a yes, longer Yes, because we've extension. seen Verlander and Scherzer yeah. be aces I'll go up until 40 years old. 30s. Right. But and the way Cole is built, he's probably going to be able to to have success, you know, late in his thirties. Great, but Judge isn't probably not going to hit sixty two home runs again next year. Like he was, he was good this year when he, especially before he got injured through June, he was very good. Actually, on pace to maybe he was on hit pace, another yeah. sixty home runs. But yeah, they're they're wasting it, and the team around them has so many holes. It's not just like you need a couple pieces in the offseason. You need like eleven pieces in the offseason. You need 11 pieces, but there's also not a lot of things to move either. That's the, that's the other problem is like they've put themselves in this position now where, again, I go back to um, who was I talking to the uh, that, you know, looking around and, and saying um, the minor leagues are probably what they're they're looking at for for hope and like replacements. They're, oh, they're, didn't you drop in that not stat? A lot about the Yankees ranking number one in like expected weighted on base average and for yes. all minor league systems for all combined. minor leagues a through triple a a through triple a so it, yeah again goes a lot back of to minor that league hitters goes back to that conversation we had uh, about a month ago where I forget who it was basically like the Yankees are objectively good at developing major league hitters it's like no 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 <laughs> they're objectively good at developing minor league hitters but when they get to the major leagues they can't hit 
So what good is that? I mean, look at everybody who's come up not named Jason Dominguez. They, they've all been sub. Also, Jason Dominguez, we saw him for 10 days. <laughs> I understand, but at least we saw something from him. The, the, the other guys, Pereira, Peraza, like those guys have not hit at all, have not hit at all. Um, and Wells has not hit. His not, first home not, run. He did hit his first home run, but we're not seeing the the bat that that because that was that's his strength. That's the, the reason he's got through the yes. system. So the fact that we're not seeing really any inkling of of what they'd expect from a guy like him uh, offensively is alarming. It is, and I understand it's 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 a small sample size, and there have been plenty of stories here that have that have had uh, troubles when they come up and have turned it around, but. Zero of those guys have had success. We're, we're, they're not. And Peraza's been up for a while. We've seen him multiple times. He's just, I, I don't think he's a good offensive player. I don't think he's going to round up to be a major league offensive player. Um, Pereira, probably a little bit, you know, left left in the uh, in the in the tank for us to see and and find out, but not looking great. All right, that's going to wrap it up. We will talk to you guys again. I don't know. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll wait because we did this last week too where we recorded Friday and then Sunday we're like, what do we talk about? So maybe we'll wait until Monday. TBD. Talk to you guys then. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.